one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Now I think most of you will know that recently my wife Vicky and I bought a new flat. A super exciting time in anyone's life buying property, but a time that can also be a little bit stressful, especially if you're applying for a mortgage. Now, I had last applied for a mortgage a couple of years ago when we bought our old flat, and I just hated the entire experience. I found it stressful and confusing, and I had to supply so much paperwork, and I just never really knew what was going on, and I just didn't enjoy it so much that I was quite loath to go through the whole process again. But then some angels appeared, some angels by the name of Advantage FS, Advantage Financial Solutions, who are independent mortgage advisors. They were so incredible that they made the entire mortgage application process that easy that I didn't even notice it had happened. I just got an email one day saying, your mortgage has been approved. Go and buy your flat. And I was like, oh, what? Oh, amazing. So amazing that I sent them a note and said, look, I would love to talk about you guys on my podcast. Do you mind? I said, no, that would be fantastic. And they've sent over some bullet points, points that they think make them stand out to other players in the market. And I want to read those to you just to kind of, you know, really let you know exactly what they do and then rubber stamp my approval for their services by, again, explaining a little bit more about my experience dealing with them. So they've had hundreds of five-star Google reviews. Uh, they always put their customer first. All of the Advantage FS brokers uh, used to work for the consumer champion, which, uh, which means that they have a unique experience in sort of customer first advice. Transparency is key for them. They'll always make you aware of cheaper alternatives to their recommended product if they exist. And there's no obligation. All of their advice is free. Uh, their fee is only charged for arranging a mortgage. Um, so no mortgage, no fee. And there's also a lifetime promise. So as long as you own the property, you will never pay a fee to Advantage FS again. This means all future mortgages that they arrange with them will be completely free. And then they can arrange any type of mortgage from first-time buyers to buy-to-let to retirement mortgages mortgages. So the experience that I had was so fantastic that I really it implored me to mention them to you guys. I mean, for example, we had agreed kind of which rate I was going for. We'd done the whole application. 9pm at night after we'd sort of submitted our application, I got a call from Tom at Advantage saying, Sam, a, a new rate has come through. I've just got email. There's another different rate. We can, let's do a different. And I was like, oh my God, this is, it's 9pm at night. But they were just so focused on saving us money and finding us the best rate. And that was incredible customer service. So yes, I highly recommend you check them out if you are in the market for a mortgage or just want some advice. What's amazing is above and beyond all those points I just mentioned, they're going to offer behind the glass listeners 10% off their already super competitive fees if you mention that you are a behind the glass listener when you call up. As I say, you're only going to get charged that fee if you go ahead and take out a mortgage with them. No mortgage, no fee. Um, but you'll get a bit of a discount, as I say, if you say you're a listener. So yeah, 
absolutely unbelievable service. I just felt like I wanted to let you guys know because I'm sure some of you out there are looking to buy property and maybe considering mortgages or just want some advice about how mortgages work. So get in touch, Advantage Financial Solutions. Now I have to say, Advantage Financial Solutions are an independent whole of market mortgage and insurance advisors and are authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Anyway, let's crack on with the episode. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We cars, cars, cars. cars. <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> But also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the episode. I'm quite excited for our main topic today. So as you will have guessed by the title of this episode, today Tony and I are going to be going through our back catalogue essentially, reminding each other of all the cars that we've owned. And this is personally for me, because obviously I have a motor dealership. So <laughs> we could be here for about four days. <laughs> no, four years. Sell 500 cars a year. Um, it's something which I guess a lot of you have been asking for for a long time. And I feel like over the last few years, every now and again, we have mentioned cars that we've owned. But I don't think, and I might be wrong, that we've ever sat down and both gone through our entire sort of, yeah, car history, I suppose. I, I, I think we've skated over it at points you know i think there's cars that i've mentioned and there's cars that you've mentioned obviously i'm older than you so my and richer car catalog thank you <laughs> not as a family i'm not but maybe <laughs> maybe singularly i am <laughs> but I have a lot more, wait i have a lot more debt than you <laughs> that is for sure so um it's all relative it's all relative and uh yeah so obviously because i'm a bit older uh, I would have had a lot more cars than you, probably, right? Yeah, I think so. And you, I would say, inherently have changed cars more regularly than I have. Well, since we've known each other, I probably changed cars. But don't forget as well, that is a perk of my job. For sure. Well, it's become a perk of my job too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah exactly. You're bang on. Exactly. That's right, but... That's what happens. It's going to be it's going to be fun, and as I say, it's something that a lot of you have requested for a long time. So we thought today uh, would be that day. But before we get into it and and go back through, yeah, I think I don't think there's anything that. Well, I've got a couple of embarrassing ones, but anyway, before we do that, oh, I've got a lot. <laughs> I'm sure, actually, I know some oh of my yours. God, um, I thought we'd touch on another topic, which actually we were discussing with Paul on the way in this morning, essentially over on WhatsApp, which is well, it could be a whole other episode, but I think let's do it up front now, anyway. What are the scariest cars? Most dangerous. Most dangerous, thank you. Most dangerous cars to buy today. Like Because we, we were knocking around a few different topic ideas. Just a bit of a, to reveal the inner sanctum, the inner workings of this podcast. Essentially each week on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday into the WhatsApp group, we'll go, what are we going to talk about this week? <laughs> <laughs> and we decided to put that into the group with, uh, with Paul today. And uh, so everyone was batting around these ideas. And I actually thought it was quite an interesting topic. Mm. The most dangerous cars... Well, one mo- could buy. M- most weeks, to be fair to you, you kind of orchestrate and think of the topics. I I barely know most weeks. I just, <laughs> just come and up. sit down and then I react to what he's got to say. And that's why we end up having an argument, <laughs> which which is perfect. But um, every, every now, and, now and then he'll have a flap and say, Tony, uh, I've got absolutely nothing to think about or talk about today. 
think about what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Help me. And today we even, as I say, we, we even got Paul involved, which can sometimes be a disaster. Oh, it's a disaster. And he did take the topic and basically decide to discuss it by himself on the WhatsApp group. He just sent about 55 <laughs> messages after. Well, has anyone got a friend like that? That literally, because he literally bombs WhatsApp, me. Oh my God. Once he gets going, like you said, he literally, we just sit there and read it. We don't reply to him and it's just... Ping, 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 ping. It's constant. It's constant. Once you start a chat with Paul Wallace on WhatsApp, you cannot get rid of the guy. But he did make some good suggestions. And we don't reply. No, we don't reply. I never reply. I learned that lesson a long time ago. Just ignore him. But yeah, he did make some good suggestions, which we'll bring up shortly. But I just thought, as I say, before we got into our car history, it's a fun thing to talk about because there are some cars that we've experienced that we know are insanely desirable, but just death. Immediate, immediate death. And I'll kick it off with the the perfect example, which I think people don't realise how deadly it is. The 488 Pista. (laughs) The Ferrari Pista. It's a death trap. If you go on Instagram and search the hashtag Pista, every fifth photo is one in pieces or upside down in a hedge. That car is just intrinsically terrifying. Yeah, I mean, Ferraris in general, but the the Pista, because it's got so much power, and them tyres, until you get them tyres hot, because they're cut twos, unless they're at the absolute optimum temperature, the car just doesn't go in a straight line, mate. And even like, even if you think, oh, I'll back the traction control off and it can go, it can go into race. What people don't understand is, is that traction control or not, when it's gone, it's gone. Traction control is only going to, only going to stop you so far. But when they've gone, they've gone. And Pista with cold tyres, I mean, in the rain, um, my friend won't mind me saying this because he doesn't watch YouTube. <laughs> he but, won't mind me saying because he won't know I've said it. Because he won't know I've said it. He had a brand new one when they come out in like 18 and we was all in the Alps and the car had done barely 200 miles and he was doing 20 mile an hour on a hairpin and he went straight, straight on into another car. He was doing 20 mile an hour, mate. Just couldn't stop it. Just had no grip. Yeah. No grip at all. In the wet, they are lethal. And I think there's something about... I, I agree with you. It's a tyre temperature for sure. The fact it's so snappy. It's a, it's a very, it's not an easy car to drift, let's say, because once it goes that tiny bit too far, you're just, you're gone, you're around. And I think as well, there's, it gives you a false sense of security, that car, because the electronics in the systems are so good. When the temperatures are warm or when it can catch you, you think, oh yeah, cool. Like, let's just get in and floor it. Like, I'll be fine. But the minute you're not paying attention or the minute the tyres aren't the right temperature, or you hit a slightly greasier patch, or whatever it could be, you're just gone. But you know what Ferrari's do in general, and, and, and the Pista is one of the worst for it. Like, you're absolutely right, that's what they'll do, and you think you're fine. Then you'll go around the next corner, and it will snap yeah. for no reason. The tyres are the same temperature, you, you've, you, you're on the same road, they're so unpredictable which is why it's one of my most favourite cars. <laughs> That's why we like I, it. Ju- I just yeah. love it yeah, for that yeah. reason, because 
honestly, if you overstep the mark, you are dead. It's as simple as that. So let's think of a few others. Uh, what what else comes to your mind? If I say to you, what's a dangerous car? Oh, mate. The, I mean, it's another car that I would absolutely buy in a heartbeat. The F12 TDF. Yes, I mean, famously. Full on no, death. But you know what? Full on death, I agree. But actually, you don't see too many of them in the bin because... <laughs> ma- <laughs> they didn't make that many. Well, they didn't make that many. And I think most people just don't drive them enough or hard yeah. enough because they're so terrified of them. It's famously twitchy because of the rear wheel steer. It was a very new system for Ferrari at the time. They didn't quite get it right. Where essentially the rear turned around too quickly, yeah. so the car would kind of have a second bite of the apex hole. It was just a scary old treacherous thing to drive. But yeah, you don't see as many pieces. You just see them crashed everywhere. Yeah, yeah. TDS talk, mate, as well. And it's the turbocharger and it's the talk in them because in the pista because it yeah. comes because it's turbocharged. It comes straight away. And if someone thinks they can half drive, the car goes to the side and they try to correct it yeah. and then it will snap the That's other the way. Snap, exactly. That's the problem. And then you're in a wall. <laughs> then you're in a wall. No, no, you're you just are. TDF, you're right. McLaren P1. McLaren P1 is right up there. So years ago, I had my first experience in a P1, not driving one, but in the passenger seat of one. That video lives online. <laughs> I, I the guy driving it, proper legend super nice guy I do think he knows what he's doing at least mm-hmm. I gave him that benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. we nearly died about four times yeah and there's a couple of mo- I think I edited out there's definitely a few clips you can see I've edited out a chunk because nearly died it's just maniacal yeah. like and I think a lot of people have driven on the edge even Chris Harris Jeremy Clark stuff like that they all say it's terrifying and the, the, the thing is with that car inherently McLarens are fairly safe because they dial in loads of understeer so they are normally inherently like they always push on into corners so it's just weird that that car just doesn't do that I mean yeah. I, I, I've never driven a PM on a P1 I've been in one but not at breakneck speeds but you are right I mean apparently they are really hard <laughs> to drive <laughs> What else can we think of that's... Oh, mate, uh, Carrera GT is another one. Yes, I mean, as I mentioned, we were in my first drive the other day. Famed for years as just being the death traps. I mean, we all know the highly famous people who've crashed or even, I mean, died in that car. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that that is terrifying, has a terrifying reputation. Speaking of Porsches, 997 GT2 RS, I guess any GT2 from Porsche. The Widowmaker. The Widowmaker, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I went out in a 997 GT2 RS. The thing was spinning in fourth gear. Yeah, current one's very good. As in, sure. you know. because it's, it's four-wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you said that? Uh, for those of you who haven't listened to this podcast regularly for a while, I once really put my foot in it by saying the GT2 RS was four-wheel drive. And because you thought the big bar at the front yeah. in the boat yeah. was actually Housed. holds water, but yeah, you thought, thought it was a front. <laughs> never live that one down. <laughs> That's why it's so safe to drive, but, Tony. Yeah. But, um, I mean, if you turn the aids off, obviously it'll be an animal, but Porsches in general, modern Porsches, because of where the engine is, they don't break traction as easy as, say, a, a modern Ferrari, essentially. So It's about, like, predictability of, of the power output, of the traction, of the, the chassis control, you know, because, as you say, like, especially the more modern cars have a lot of electronics to keep you safe. But even despite that, there are just moments where things can... Yeah, unpredictable can happen. And I mean, Carrera GT, the excitement, the bit that I loved about that car was the the high rev, the, the way that the revs build in that yeah. engine. Um, but the thought that you touch a damp patch, you just think, well, that's just going to spin things up and I'm going to be in a tree. Yeah. Um, P1, we've already mentioned. Just I'll tell you another one as well. Go on, please. Um, uh, CLK Black. CLK Black. Yes, but I I disagree, actually. Or the C63 Black. 
It's another one. Yeah, as well. I mean, because it's obviously a lot of power yeah. to the real or world. Or any AMG mode. <laughs> any AMG mode. <laughs> but I found the CLK predictable. I didn't find it dangerous. Okay. I found it very predictable. If I slammed the throttle, like. But, but there are a few that are the a sketchier in their nature. One, oh, Clio V6. That was a terrifying death trap. The one with the one in the middle, the engine in the middle. Well, I mean, they got no steering lock. No, that's what I mean. I mean, Can't I had one of them a long time, but that's going to be on mine and mine, because I had one of them a long, yeah. long, long time ago. And literally, that's the lock. Yeah, which if you're listening, Tony's doing, I don't know what that is. Third, <laughs> half turn. 30 degree <laughs> half turn of angle. They were a disaster. They were, they were terrifying death yeah. traps. Um, there's probably a few more. Smart car. Smart. No, you don't want to have a crash in one of them. You're don't, dead. No, you don't want to have a crash in one of them. That's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just roll down the hill. You just keep yep. rolling like a oh my roly poly. Gee whiz. Gee whiz. I mean, but these are cars that you look at and you think that's dangerous. Yeah, I'm not getting <laughs> in one of them. I'd rather be in a bin. <laughs> <laughs> but there are cars out there, which I say, which I think people lust after. And the danger is a part of it. Let's not get, like, it's a big attractive factor, you know. A car that might want to kill you is quite an exciting car to a- drive. AMG GTR in the wet. Okay, is interesting. a pig. It's terrifying. Oh, well, speaking of that, 720. Well, anything with a, what is it on a, a Trofeo R tyre, I guess? So a, a, any road car on, yeah. a, on a on a Trofeo or a Cup 2 or a Cup 2R. In the rain? Yeah, apart oh. from a Porsche. Okay. Because of where <laughs> there the, he is. No, no, no. Flying no. the flag. No, no, c- but compared to the others, you sure. can drive a Porsche on them tyres in the rain, but the rest of them, and do you know why that is? Go on. It's a different compound to all the rest. Okay, so as its I, own compound. I actually I was fascinated by this. So I've worked with I mean Pirelli now for three, four years. I worked with Michelin a great lot before that. I've worked with other Thai brands too. Been on endless kind of, you know, press trips and met with different uh, engineers. We had Jonathan on for the time. Yeah, we had there, John Benson we? on. Yeah. I mean, the time man. Tire yeah. reviews. I mean, just an absolute genius. Yeah. Um, top guy as well, by the way. I owe him some replies on WhatsApp. Jonathan, I, I know you listen. I'm sorry that I'm so bad at replying to you on WhatsApp. Just make a public declaration. I can let you into a secret as well. I was with Paul Wallace the other day and he was messaging Paul Wallace. Oh, was he? Jonathan. Benson. I know. Yeah. Mr. Benson. Saying, I'm in front of the new GT3 RS. I can't send it. We were like, well, Paul was going, like, send pictures. Yeah, 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 send, yeah. Send, send, he was at a testing facility or something? I don't, yeah, it was some, yeah. must be to do with tyres, obviously. And uh, he wouldn't, he said, like, mm, I can't I'll send you any pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, they've took my, they, you know, they've said no photos. Yeah. So, damn. Anyway, uh, well, anyway, we went on a complete tangent there. But what I was going to say is, uh, at the 296 GTB launch, I was on a table at dinner with one of the guys from Michelin who was there. Is that deaf, that car? Is that deaf? Deaf. Yeah. I thought it was deaf. I was like, oh, I, don't, is it deaf? <laughs> I don't know. Should we do sign language to talk to it? Deaf. Um, no. Because, okay, mate, I didn't die in it and I drove it with CT off and I don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> if I, you know, that would. In the video, you look like what you're doing. Thank very, you. Thank very you. good, mate. Well, you know. I, mean, I mean, you was going quite slow, but it was very good. Everything looks slow on camera, Tony. Oh, I was going very fast. I think you're You can look at the speedo next time you watch that video back. Um, anyway, he was just talking about this because I said, you know, when they did the the press uh, evening briefing, they were like, oh, these special tires. We worked so hard. I don't know why I'm doing this with the voice. Um, and they went, the, uh, the Pilot Sport 4S or the Cup 2R, uh, whatever it's called. And I was like, why no? They're not new tyres. Like four S. I went on the four S launch about six years ago. So mm. what are you on about? So at dinner, I said to him, like, does that? What does that mean? Because it's obviously not a new tyre. And he explained about obviously manufacturer um, stamped tyres. So correct that they're specific compounds or tread patterns for a particular vehicle. So yes, PS four S is almost an umbrella 
type of tyre, then each individual, you'll get K marked or F marked or J marked, whatever, for Porsche, for Ferrari, for McLaren, whoever it might be. And they are specifically designed for that car. And Shmi was explaining with the AMG GT Black Series, the tread pattern, everything about it is completely different to, I guess it's Ford GT. They must have similar tyres. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's and how important is it if you're replacing the tyres, you must get the manufacturer approved. You, of course, you can have a standard PS4S, but you're getting nowhere near the performance or the capabilities as if you had the Ferrari approved, stamped, whatever yeah. tyres. So makes total sense because <laughs> embarrassingly, that's why I keep fitting Pirelli's to the 360 and I, I mean that's why Pirelli advised that's why Benson said that's the right route to go because that's what it was fitted with from factory, from that's, factory. Uh, that's optimal and whilst the technology might have moved forward in some other modern tyres that tyre that I can fit from Pirelli has that historic capability it's obviously been advanced as well and it's got that stamp so anyway, absolutely yeah. got caught on a tangent there should we get into some car history yeah. Yeah, you sure? You seem apprehensive. <laughs> I know some of your cars, but I don't think I know all of them. I wonder if you know all the cars that I've owned. Well, I I, I, I mean, I've sold half of them. No. So. <laughs> but I don't quite... I, I mean, I owned a lot of cars before I met you, Ted. Yeah. So. I, I, know, I know some BMWs and some Audis. And yeah. Some, I know some stuff. I think you, you know don't. most of the stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to go... First off, I'm going to go from uh, first car through to YouTube. And I'll we'll discuss those. Then I want to come over to you and go from first car through to I mean because you're going to have had so many. I don't know if we're going to get through them all. It'd be but more than hundred. First car through to when did I meet you? I met you with the R8. Okay, well we'll decide. We'll go first car. Through, then we'll come back to me and I'll do the YouTube cars. Then I want to come back to you to do the kind of from when I met you onwards. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah. Well, I remember. You know what car we, you had when we met? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's try that, see how we get on. This could go on for a while, or it's going to be a very short episode. <laughs> no, no, so, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> my first car, which everyone I think knows, I've spoken about many times before, Mark IV Volkswagen Golf. I know this. Yeah, growing up, that was just for me, was the car I always wanted. My sister had passed her test a couple of years before me, or a year or so before me. She'd also had a Mark IV. She's um, older than you. She's Yeah, she's two years yeah. older, but she'd only passed her test a year before. Better driver than you? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen to this, so I'll just go in and say, she's... She's really not a great driver. Uh, she gets distracted too easily. So uh, anyway, but bless her. Um, but yeah, Mark IV Golf, when I was growing up, that was, for me, the cool, awesome first car. Uh, it, I made, I got my parents to stretch. I think we were, I think it was like two, two and a half grand, something like that for the car. 1.4 4 litre engine. Took it, took it to Halfords, got all the like, I got new chrome uh, air oh, conditioning intakes, yeah, like yeah. chrome strips. On the, I changed the wheels. I mean, it was just, but it was mega, and I loved it, and yeah. I adored those. And Mark Four Golf, Mark still. Four, yeah, yeah, the boxy one. Yeah, I never like after that. I've never really liked golfs that much. <laughs> Mark Four was like the one for me. That's the one you like. That's the one I liked. So I had that car for maybe a year and a half. I think about a year and a half. Um, it was my first car. Absolutely adored it. Uh, did some cool trips up to Scotland and stuff like that. But slept in it. I slept in it at a friend's party. Then, very sadly, my grandfather died, a uh, big hero of mine, but he left me, he left me like 10 grand in his and will. A, and a state. No, I wish. <laughs> By the way, someone commented this the other day. I, um, and someone commented, be like, uh, Sam said in his RS6 video, he's not that wealthy and he had to borrow money to buy this car. But uh, I think you'll find he is wealthy because he's the heir to the Earl of Westmoreland <laughs> and the son of uh, the... And I was like, okay, can we just clarify for a second? Unfortunately, that means... Jackal. Yeah. I, I wish it did mean something. It looks really nice on a piece of paper, but unfortunately, many, many centuries ago, some 
douchebag ancestors of mine gambled away whatever family what well, i don't even know what we had an estate maybe yeah I'm like, but we don't have it anymore so uh unfortunately whilst you might be able to google me and see that oh look this lovely heritage which i am I adore that there's incredible history to my family and an incredible story of my ancestors and things like that. That's so lovely to be part of and I of want course. to continue that. It is just it is just some writing on paper, which at the moment isn't even on my side of the family. It's my uncle. So uh, it doesn't really mean much much at all. But um, Tony likes to think that it does and mop, mop me up every now and again. Um, so yeah, anyways, he, he died, left me 10 grand, which obviously is a ton of money you was 19 yes yeah, so a ton of money car it's a ton of money anyway in anyone's yeah. book but i was like yeah. car 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 <laughs> so sold the golf for like a couple of grand i had 12 just to get 10 grand my sister got 10 grand as well yeah i don't what know what she, she did with it. no idea probably bought like uh, teddy bears or something <laughs> teddy bears at 21. i actually have no idea what she did with her money no not a clue but i went straight onto auto trader and I ended up finding a BMW 330i saloon. Very cool. 14,700 quid, something like that. I had like 30,000 miles on it. And I, so I had like 12 grand. I was like, oh E46? How no, no, E90. Oh, right. E, mate, well proper done, car. Mate. Yes. Okay, you say this though. <laughs> so off I go, off to buy this car at 19 years old, 330i saloon. I mean, it did not 16, like six point yeah, 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 one yeah. seconds or something legit. ridiculous. Proper legit, mate. Dark blue, black interior, all the nice spec. It was a hunk of junk. I bought it from somewhere near Newcastle. I had brake fluid, brake leak, brake fluid leak. I'd petrol leak out of it at one point. Every single fuse in the car could go like, I used to endlessly not be able to open any doors apart from the rear right passenger That's door. Annoying. Oh, mate. Desa- like, it was yeah. a disaster. Probably had to whack that car at some point. I mean, that together prompt wrong. no wonder it was so cheap. Yeah. It was probably a cat whatever. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, great. I found this car. Like, no one in my family knew about that kind of stuff. So I was yeah. like, yeah, like, I'll go buy it. It seems affordable. Uh, and it was costing so much to run. Yeah. I was lucky because I was working straight out of school. I was working. So, but... I loved it, mate. Yeah, yeah. I loved that thing. At 19 years old, having a 330i saloon. Yeah. What a beast. Felt so quick. All my mates were like, what the heck? Did loads of miles in it. But after about a year, it was costing me so much I had to get out of it. Okay. So I went and got a Gen 1 Audi S3. Gen 1, uh, that's a good car. Black with the ivory interior. Audi Recaro bucket seats. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, three door or five door? Three door. I think they were only three door then. Maybe they were only yeah, three door then. Yeah, I think they were. Manual, like, door, yeah. and everywhere I went, that was like a car-ish place. People were like, I really like your car, mate. And that was the first time that I had a car that, because the 330i, like all my mates were like, wow, like what a cool car. But no one else really cared because I looked like a traveling salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The S3 was the first time people were like, oh, it's hot hatch. This is yeah. a proper, I mate, the yeah, spec yeah. on it was the bomb. Like I'm yeah. not, I've never seen a spec like that again. Like it was to the bloody nines, but because, I, I, I was that the first car I financed? No, I must have bought that cash. No, did I? How did I afford that car? I think it was like a twenty-three grand car. Mm. I must have financed that car. I think I don't really remember, but anyway, it was amazing. Uh, absolutely loved that. But why did I sell it? I didn't keep it very long. I loved it, but I had it about six months because <laughs> I swapped four Audi A6 with the four-point-two liter V8 engine. Did about three mpg. Yeah, that's a disaster. Mate, it was yeah. a disaster. So this is classic, and we see this all the time. You've swapped a better car. So it was the C6. I'm just Googling now. Yeah, the C6 shape, 4.2 litre V8. 
in my head, it's because I wanted the RS6 at the time. Oh, look how that worked out. Uh, uh, 10 years later. Yeah, couldn't afford the RS6. Found out that you could get the V8. And I was like, hello. That was a good engine, though, that V8. It was an amazing it engine. It went in mate. the S5 and stuff like that. It literally did 5 mpg. Yeah. The fuel economy was... Uh, and it was huge. It was like a luxury spec. So mm. I had all this kind of weird equipment in it. And um, it was grey inside with the light blue exterior. It was just a bizarre car. Like, yeah. And I think I had it being like, I don't know why. I've got that this. is peculiar. And I didn't have it very long either. So I think I had the A3 and the A6 for about six months each. Real, like both of them were like, oh, this is not going on. And eventually ended up in the TTS. Which is another good car. Which was a brilliant and car. And I, was it manual? No, I had the... DSG car. DSG. I used to like them, especially the, the, the manuals, not because uh, I thought that they were better than the DSG, because the DSG was obviously better to drive, but the, when you change gear, they'd have a little... Pssst, the turbo noise. Uh, Always, yeah, like a little... That that engine, that... I think it's a 2-litre TFSI. Yeah, it's like exactly. 280 horsepower or something like that. Two, I mean, it might have been 260-odd. Sure. I, rem- I vividly remember them cars, and they used to, they're the same engine in the S3, in that Model S3. And I used to, I always used to get in one of them and just think, flipping, I was an awful good car, this. Mate, had like a bit of character. Pro- I adore that. Yeah. For me, that was a proper little sports car, like... Absolutely loved it. A baby R8. Mm. Like, at the time, it was still the newer, the latest shape. The new shape hadn't come out yet. Yeah. I just thought it was the absolute bomb. I flew around in the thing. And that was kind of then inspired me on, of course, to start seeing through glass. Because yeah. the first time I was in a proper little sports car, going out, getting in the mix, in and around London. Okay, it's often looked down on the TT, but, mate, I adored the thing. Like, so I must have been 20... Four, I guess, 24, 25 when I had that car. Well, it had that, that, because of that previous shape, it had that stigma attached hairdresser's car, but it grew up then. And obviously when they bring the TTS out, it definitely wasn't a hairdresser's car. The way it behaved, it, it, it drove like a proper car. That was definitely the first car I financed. Yeah. That's, that's the car I financed. And that was about 400 quid a month, I think. Did it through uh, Audi West London, which is really not far from STGHQ. So, um, I, yeah, I, I adored it. I look back very fondly and... Don't regret my time at all. And it's the car, probably one of the cars I've owned the longest apart from the 360. I had that car for two and a half years. Really, really adored it. Proper, proper big kit. So that brings me up to the start of YouTube. Most people will know my history after that, but we'll review it anyway. I now want to move on to <laughs> Mr. Tony Gravelwood. I mean, we're going to do, we're going to do lump block skips. Yeah, yeah. there's too I, many cars. I like want that. you to kind of reel. Yeah. You, if you forget stuff, we won't know. So I'm going to, pick you up on any cars that surprise me. Some cars, I don't think I'm going to know because we've done this before and I haven't had a clue some of the things you're saying. So, kick us off. Remind everyone quickly what your first car was. My first car was a Austin, a white Austin Maestro. Good luck, Ben, finding an image of that to put on the is overlay. a full-on disaster, basically. it's It was a manual 1.3... Um, and I ha- I actually had a brown one before then. Oh, brown. But, Bring brown back. But I didn't have a driving license then. So that was the car I used to take to school and I'd run a corner for my mum and I used to drive to school in it. But I was like 15 or 16. So <laughs> uh, th- that's... I didn't How much put, did they cost? How did you get that car? Like, like a few hundred quid, mate. Yeah, okay. I mean, I worked at 15. Sure, I, I remember you saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I went to work. I had it wasn't money. an expensive car. No, no, no. Yeah. And, and uh, the brown one I had... I'll tell you a little bit of a funny story. Just going off topic. 
I got chased around my estate by the police at 11 o'clock at night. No. Because it had no headlights. So I was <laughs> driving it around my estate at night time. I lived on a, like a council yeah. estate and I was driving it around the estate in the middle of the night and the police were coming the other way and I've come bombing up round the, <laughs> round the corner and they've had to swerve into a thing and then they... I, I thought, oh shit, it's the police. So I obviously I knew the state. I drove it on the field. I dumped it oh off. I ran off. Oh my god, you're like police <laughs> interceptors. I love it. Chasing a male. Yeah. So, I, but I, I had to meet because I, I, I mean, I, I wasn't. Like, but I surely been at that bed. point you would have got penalty points. Like no, no, no. I, I mean, I didn't want to get penalty points. I, I, I mean, I should have been in bed. I had school the next day. So it, it was like hilarious. And I, rem- I remember running down the, yeah, the horses field and I used to run across the horses field and down the steps and back back home because the car wasn't registered to me. It was a hell of a long time ago. Oh and as well, God. I'll tell you another story. <laughs> I used to work uh, Saturday at the bus garage at the time. We still had old tax discs. And I, obviously I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't have insurance, so I couldn't tax the car. So I nicked a disc <laughs> out of the bus and stuck it on the car. <laughs> So anyway, that's just another. That's just I've got loads okay. of stories like that, but that's just a story. Sure. But my first car, and it was probably influenced by that car, was a white Austin Maestro. How long did you have it? Oh, not long. I probably blew it up, and then I had. Like, uh, I went from that to a two point three. Uh, it was gold as well. Oh, look at you and your strong colour choices at the start of your life. What, what happened to you? This car was like. 200 quid though so you can imagine it was a 2.3 gear Ford Sierra hatchback so it's like a five door thing but wait you, you didn't blow up the maestro or anything like that, that... I, I, I honestly think it caught fire oh. like, I honestly think like it, okay. it, it, it did die it did you didn't die. choose to change the car it died no it died Okay. it was like 150 quid mate I mean when I was young you could buy easily buy a car 150 quid um, and then I had the Ford Sierra and I remember putting a sound system in that car, the sound system being worth more than the car, and it just shook all the while. <laughs> you know, I had two big, like, in my day, we had big bass amp things that you just force in the back of the boat, and you couldn't get anything in the boat or two apart. Uh, these two big sound like when I had that Abba. Remember when I had my Abba? <laughs> yes. yes. So that was, that was my second car. And then I think I had... I think I had a Cavalier. That was green. Oh, I had again. A, I had a green, because like, I didn't care about colour. I just wanted a car. Sure. Because but I didn't have any money. You ended up with money. great colours. I, I just had like these weird cars. I had a green. That no one else wanted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they were cheap. So it was all about money. Because I didn't have none. And, and I had a green Cavalier. Uh, um, and then from there, and then, and then I, I got a bit braver. Oh, no, mate. Flipping ill. I had an E30. Yeah, this was after the Cavalier. I had an E30 M Sport BMW. hello. Yeah. That must have been a lovely bit of kit. That was the only car... Touch word. ...to this day I've written off. Oh! I crashed it into a skip. Did you? My mate nearly went through the windscreen. No! Yeah, his, his head hit the windscreen. Oh, my God. Yeah, because I was going around the blind corner, flat out, and a van would come down the other way, and it oh was the God. van or the skip, and I ate the skip. Oh, God. Yeah. That was the, and I wrote it off. Oh. 
but that was a really cool car. Yeah, I was gonna say, was. right now, it'd be worth some money as well. Yeah, leather oh and leather seats. Had that nice body kit on it. The nice. But that must have been a bit of, bit of money at that point. No, it was like fifteen hundred quid, man. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd like, yeah. I can't remember. But it was less than hundred thousand miles. Eighty, sure. ninety thousand miles. And I remember at the time, because uh, obviously I used to buy cars then. I didn't have, I didn't finance. Um, I remember I, I was, I can't remember where I was working. I was 18 or something. So it was a cool car to have at 18. And Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And my boss at the time, I just can't remember exactly what I was doing. He lent me some of the money to buy the car and then I'd oh, work, wow. I worked it off. Okay. So that's how, that's how I got it. And then I wrote it off. And then I don't know. It all goes a, a bit, bit murky, blurry. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I remember the uh, Renault Five GT Turbo days. I remember the Folk, uh, so not the Focus, the Escort RS Turbo that I had. I remember the Nissan Pulsar GTR I had. Then I went Subaru STI, which was a proper like at that point, like legit yeah, proper yeah, yeah. like my mates were like oh my god this is the fastest thing ever it was a tuned jap import car okay, wow. i'd bought from a dealer in like folkestone sure. place. they were called something but sure. it was like legit it was like the fastest thing ever you know like back then you know and then and then i grew up a bit and i had some decent cars and then but wait what do you mean no i just can't remember what they are but the the when I got to really... Di- I'm missing loads out, mate. I'm, I'm sure, but I sort of almost don't want you to. So there's the, the the first real proper decent car I got, and this was the first car I ever financed, was a 2003... It was nearly new. It was a 2003 BMW 330i convertible manual. 
Look at us in our three thirty eyes. Yeah. So, so what? You, so E46. do that. E forty six. E forty six. And it okay. was the. I think it was a fifty three plate. So it was the LCI car with the with the dotted lights. Okay. And that was a proper car, but, but you know, like that was the first real. Proper so up car until then, you'd kind, you'd kind of just been messing around with relatively affordable, but as high performance as you could. So anything that was fast. Basically, yeah, fast yeah. but affordable, and you and yeah. you were chopping and changing cars. What every? Oh, mate, flipping hell! I had a two hundred five GTI, <gasps> one point nine. Oh, I mean, how do, how do I miss that? that? What oh, a car yeah. that was! But but, how often were you changing your cars? Oh, mate, like like I was changing my clothes. Really? Yeah, like yeah, for a couple of months, and you'd be gone. No, because there was like a group of us that obviously started to like cars, and it was all like. Hold on a minute, he's got a faster car than me now, and it was all about fast. Okay, don't didn't matter what it was. My best mates, I always made sure I had the faster car, the fastest car. And once I got to Nissan Pulsar and Subaru, I started blowing them all out of the water because okay. they had like golfs and stuff. Sure. There was no brand allegiance to this now, point. Here we go. There's some more, and these are the ones in between. I had um, a Mark II Golf GTI, okay, eight valve and a 16 valve. They were cool cars. And I was about, I remember this. Like it was yesterday, my pal had a similar car and we'd always take the mickey out of him because both eight valve, there were C registration cars, C res, like 86, 87 cars. But my one was just really fast. Okay. I don't know why. And we used to race around my estate in, a ver- in reverse. <laughs> We'd re- go flat out in reverse right around the estate. And each oh one, it was a disaster. Honestly, mate, it was a disaster. How you're still alive and not in jail, I don't know. How but- we didn't die back then, yeah. honestly, mate. It Ludicrous. Some of the stuff we did was like... But it's kind of ridiculous because at the time, you know, you were in this kind of fight to who could be the fastest and no brand allegiance or whatever. But if you look back at what these cars are and write them down on a piece of paper, not only are these now desirable collector cars, but they also look back as some of the greats, you know, like, especially when you're talking about mm, Golf GTIs and, and yeah. cars. Like, there's proper, proper bits of kit there. And the Golf, you know, the Golf, especially that one I was talking about, that old, it was a white car, it was a five door. And it had them round... Dish wheels, you know. Do you remember like the, the the old Pirelli wheels, where they'd have like they'd have like little lines round them. They were like a dish wheel, and they'd have like P. They're called something. Okay, it was a really cool car. And I, I, my one didn't have power steering. My mate's one had a power steering because it was like an F reg. Mm. So he had a power steering car, but my car was loads faster. And he always used to say, "Yeah, because mine's got power steering." <laughs> But but I would honestly just like launch him up the road. I don't, I don't know why, but it was really cool. Like okay. I, I had some as a kid, I had like some real legit. But it's what I spent my money on. I worked hard. And how were you choosing the stuff? Like uh, like well, how fast it was. I but, just but, but, to but how did you know how fast it was? Like were, were you reading car magazines or yeah yeah, 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 yeah. okay fine yeah yeah, yeah yeah like back then like like yeah that's really fast or okay. you know there was just there was just like that's how we'd get our yeah, information yeah, yeah, yeah. like watching telly and. Wasn't there was no social media, isn't that? Of course. Nineteen yeah. so, forties, mate. Yeah. Um but <laughs> okay, so then the BMW's the first car you find it's the first legit car. And at that point, like so how long did you keep that, for example? So um what happened with that car? I actually can't remember. I must have sold it or something. I don't know, whatever. And at the time, I paid 15 grand for it. I, I remember because the first car I ever financed. And I remember at the time looking at an M3, an SMG M3, that E46. And that was 18 grand. It was three grand more. And it was another bit of money every month. I don't know what it was. 
And uh, I remember thinking, oh, just uh, there can't be that much different. I mean, they were, but there can't be that much difference. I, I just have to. 330. Because yeah. back then, mate, it was like, what's it like on fuel? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, is it good on fuel? Sure. And back then, fuel was probably. ATP a litre? I remember fuel being 64p or wow. 62p a litre. Yeah, in my childhood, I remember it being 80, 90p. Yeah. And then, and then at, when I started driving, um, it was about pound. Yeah, about a pound. Because I remember at the time, like there was fuel strikes and people queuing up. When it went to a pound a litre, people like really kicked Freaked off. Out. Yeah, which Throwing is why I said you. the other day, stop buying fuel. Yeah, sure. the fuel <laughs> went in on me. Yeah, I did go on. <laughs> I can't do that. Ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so you have no idea how long you kept the BMW for. It was a legit car, though. Legit like, car. I had hit the jackpot at that okay. point. I was early. I was twenty. To, to so R2. both of us in outrageous 330 BMWs, young. Yeah. Great point to enter into the sort of luxury performance car market. E- yeah. If any of you made a little bit of money, go out and see what a 330i does Well, for you. I was still, I hadn't, I wasn't working myself at that, for myself. I still was working, as in working for someone. I might have still been a bus driver just at that point. Um, but I used to grow up, work hard, you know, so I, I had the money. Um... And I think I sold it because I wanted to start the business. I think that's why. And I had a few vans in there in between. And I've had some other stuff that I've missed out as well. But the, that, that's the stuff that I can think of that comes to mind. Because there's so many, mate. I just, I just can't remember. And then after the 3.30, I had a van. I had vans. Cause, living your best life. Well, I had the, I'd started the, the window cleaning company and the valeting company at that point window cleaning first and I sold that and then went on to the valeting which inherently got me into the cars and that's how it all started so I had uh, had a van a transit van so all the fast stuff took a took a back seat yeah because I'd uh, all my money uh, yeah the the, 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 the BMW had to go because I didn't want the monthly payment because I didn't have a job then and then all the money go went the money that I did have which wasn't a lot and then I borrowed some money from the bank as well Okay. And that's how that's how I got going. So I started. Okay, so we're going to come back to your story, I guess, when you when you leave the vans behind for a period of time and get back into the juicy stuff, into the cars, which into was cars. probably. I mean, there's some Nissan Micros in there, and no, no, I don't need to know about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. say we'll we'll re, we'll rejoin your history shortly <laughs> for the for the juicy bits. I do still feel like you skipped past a lot, but a lot, mate. It's because you were a madman. I mean, like we get crap. I mean, I get crap on social media every now and again for changing my car after nine months. I mean, meet Tony, who's not alone in the fact that he changes his car every two to three months. You change your car. I mean, it's only been until recently that you've actually slowed down a little bit. I have to say, and it's not, and it's not, it's not just that as well. Um, I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have a point to prove. But I thought I can't bother to yeah. say. So we picked my story back up with the TTS, which I said have a couple of couple of years, about two and a half years now, and just. As I was starting YouTube, <laughs> I was thinking about changing that car anyway. Because, you know, I think, I don't know what length of PCP I'd taken, but it was at that point where after a couple of years, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm probably ready to change. And I'd been really looking at F-Type. Uh, weirdly, so had my mum. My mum had already had always had Audi Cabriolets, A4s and things like that. Uh, she'd had an S5 at the time, maybe. Anyway, so I was just about thinking of, of changing. And I'd been looking at F-Types. Couldn't afford a V8, but looked at the V6 for a lot. 
Then I thought, oh no, you know what, screw it. I'm just gonna get another TT. And they'd done the facelift by that point. I was gonna get another TTS. Came back to West London, spec one up in, in the yellow, whatever it's called, the sunset yellow or yeah, something. Yeah. Anyway. Racing yellow or something. Something, like anyway. Yeah. So I spec one up and it was, you know, it was all very attractive, very good. But I sort of hadn't quite pulled the trigger, wasn't quite convinced yet, felt a bit, I don't know, not, not as exciting as maybe I wanted it to be. And YouTube, at that point, I probably had two or 3,000 subscribers. It had just begun. And I was aware of the fact that the TT maybe wasn't quite that thrilling on YouTube. And I'd been perusing social media when Joe Macari posted on their Instagram that they had a 4C coming in. And I called them straight away and said, I want to know about the 4C. Uh, and it ended up being Wolfie Cutners, who some of you might know on uh, Instagram. Top lad, Wolfie. Uh, super nice guy. And it was... I think his car, maybe anyway, part of that collection that was coming in for sale. He said, "Yeah, it's literally in the wash bay right now." I was like, "I want it," and uh, ended up picking the, picking the four C, uh, which was quite a mad step. But at the time, no one knew about them, let alone me. They were such unknown entities, but so intriguing. And for me, someone who had always loved cars from the outside, this was like a basically little baby supercar. Yeah, you know, relatively affordable, and it was the same. I think it was like five or maybe 10 grand more than the TTS I'd spec'd up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I bought it for 54 grand or something like that. So yeah, that's probably about 10 grand more than the TTS yeah. at the time. Uh, <sighs> and man, I adored that thing. when yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I own a supercar. Like I literally own a bloody supercar. <laughs> uh, the thing blew my mind and uh, it was absolutely <laughs> incredible. And as a lot of people know, because it was well documented on the channel, went on some amazing adventures. That really opened the doors for me to the car world, but also to the social media world, got me invited on some cool trips, got me to meet some cool people. And uh, yeah, it was amazing right up until a van reversed into it as it was parked outside my house. Uh, did we know each other at this point? I don't think we did. did no, we? no, no, we didn't. We didn't know each. I know the story. Yeah, we, so we just didn't know each other. No. I used to live on a London street, which my house was kind of at a T junction. So there was a road approaching my house, and you could uh, street parking. So I'd park all over the different places. And at one point, for whatever reason, I'd parked sort of at the end of that T junction in a van, a delivery van. Guy was trying to do a three point turn like that, moving, and it just backed right into the 4C. And because the 4C was made out of paper mache, um, it just crumpled. Like it just completely crumbled. And I came home from work and I was like, what's that? Why is there like paper all over the back of my car? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's not paper. It's literally just falling apart. So it never felt the same at that point. I was they never like, do, mate. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, at that point, I'm done. And I think I'd been kind of back into the F type thing because you know, before I started YouTube, F-Type was always the kind of car there. Then I'd maybe started to make a little bit of money through work. YouTube was building and I was like, oh, you know what, maybe I'm going to do this whole F-Type thing. I think I'd received my first payment of a thousand pounds. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, so somehow struck the deal on F-Type R. And actually speaking of cars that are dangerous, let's talk about that for two seconds. Yeah, rear wheel drive, F-Type R. Yeah. Those things were death trap. And yeah. I remember I went to collect it with Seb Delaney <laughs> and we picked it up from, from Jaguar Guildford drove it out and you have to go onto the underpass of the A3 to get back onto the A3 and it was a bit damp and I booted it from the light <gasps> and we were three lanes we were over three lanes over by the time we got out of the tunnel do you know what I mean I went into yeah, the tunnel I know on, what you mean, on yeah. the left lane and I ended up on the far right because of the tank slapper I had well, I was like <laughs> oh my god I was like oh my god that's terrifying <laughs> and I remember the next day we were driving it down into a Euro trip so I literally picked up the car on a Wednesday on the Thursday we were on the Euro trip and on the way to the Euro tunnel I was watching the fuel being like oh <laughs> yeah, this ain't good. <laughs> like, literally, <laughs> the fuel tank was emptying so fast. But 
Uh, everyone will know my love affair with the F-Type continues to this day. What car? For me, that felt like such a huge step. The 4C was incredible, but always felt a little bit underpowered, a tiny bit gimmicky, a little silly, a little Lotus-like, as we know. And so then the F-Type was like power, luxury, Proper grown-up car, isn't it? Proper yeah. grown-up yeah, car. Yeah. Dynamically, nowhere near as good as the 4C, weirdly, because of the weight. Yeah. But fun to drive. I had to recalibrate. That was the... I'd done a lot of fast driving, uh, personally, but that was the first time I was out on a car where I had to really think about the dynamics, readjust and think, right, it's a heavy car. How am I going to get it around the corners? How do I drive this fast? Made a few mistakes early on, got to be course. honest. <laughs> um, as we do. So as we learn. do, yeah. But absolutely adored that thing. Loved and loved and loved and loved it. Um, but this is kind of where you came into my life when I was guess starting to think about moving it on. And that was purely a YouTube decision. I yeah. had the car for about a year. Yeah. And I was like, pressure's on, time to change it up. And we kickstarted the hunt for, for my first we did, supercar, yeah, whatever we first called met, it. Yeah. And 2016. Yeah, it must have yeah. been 2016. Yeah. And I think off the back of the 570S or 570 GT launch in Tenerife, I was fairly convinced that's what I wanted to be my next car. But could I afford it was the kind of question. And when we met and we started doing that, had I already... Did, did we already know that we wanted the McLaren? Or did I... I can't remember what I was decided at that point. Because we went and test drove a lot of things, but things that we knew we weren't going to consider, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, that's YouTube. Yeah, just to kind of really peel it back. I mean, <laughs> at the time, you know, we went in there where... I think I don't think I had fully decided... That Maserati we test oh drove. God, we, drove <laughs> <laughs> we drove this Maserati. Which actually was like... It sounded nice, but it was really not... It I mean, was I, terrible. We did Maserati 430 Ferrari, which was genuinely very, very good. I'll tell a funny story about that. <laughs> Lotus Exige. Um, or was it Navora? In Navora. Lotus Navora. Yeah. Oh, we went else? we went miles we went to like Northampton yeah, or something North to go with the Lotus yeah but I think I was, was a few cars a 12C I think I drove but yeah we were desperately trying to make a deal on a 540C happen mm. and I think there was a few things that I was considering but it was all like I was going into it going I want the 540C but I don't want to say that on YouTube no, you in case it doesn't work me. yeah in case it doesn't work I don't want to say I'm going to get the 540C but in my head that's the car I wanted but we were test driving a lot of things just in case and it was the 430 that nearly threw us off because I arranged that test drive through Ferrari and Tony it was one of the first few times we'd filmed and I said to Tony I said look we, we have to we like this car we're Ferrari people but we can't fall in love with it because the audience will then want me to get a 430 and if I don't get it they'll be let down Tony at this point didn't understand YouTube no and I got in a Ferrari and 10 minutes down the road, we were both like, this is the best car ever. <laughs> and I had to keep stopping and going, no, no, Tony, Tony, we, we're getting carried away. We can't, we're not supposed to. So we were both there loving the 430, yeah. but having to try and convince myself and the audience that it wasn't the right car for me, which was hard to do. But yeah. Ended up in the 540C. Um, I mean, I had to march you down to the dealer, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an easy thing because what a huge amount of money and supercars and I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Thing. And long story Still short. in your 20s as well, by the way. I mean, it's yeah. a large amount of money. <laughs> it's a large amount of money, 27, 28. And I just started making money on YouTube. Anyway, long story short, it didn't work out for multiple reasons. Car didn't really work that well. Uh, I had to park it about 15 minutes away, 20 minutes away from my house. It was a board to go and pick up and collect. Didn't like driving it around in London, how much tension you got, how much you had to think about where you were parking it. Yeah. Just didn't, didn't, <coughs> sorry, didn't bond with it as much as I wanted to. Um, so how long did I keep that car? Seven uh, months? Yeah, seven or eight months, yeah. I sold that car. You did sell that yeah. car, well done. Uh, which is when I had the dream about the Ferrari. 
which actually probably was spawned around the 430 drive. My realisation at the time, I probably should have just gone and bought a 458. Um, well, that was in contention. That was in contention, but off camera. A bit camera, too much money though. At the time, they were a lot of money. And I didn't think I could stretch there. Mm. 540 was just a bit more affordable. Um, but yeah. Had, new. It was new and modern at the time. New and modern. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. But of course, when I had the McLaren, I got the Abarth as well, the 695 Proposto, which was a hilarious one. Do you remember that? I was, was looking for, I was looking for a daily... <laughs> Because I knew once I had the McLaren, I knew how I knew that was coming. We'd 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 made the order, and it wasn't coming for like a month and a half or two months, right? Do you remember? We it was arriving. Like we weren't. We but did the what, whole deal, and it wasn't coming for a while. But why was that? Was that registration? Because something. I, I think it was a. Uh, I think we bought it in like RT. Why it was nearly Christmas. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah. And you took delivery in the January. Yes. And yeah. then we went to Richmond Park. Yes. Yeah, saw me. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. Um. So. I, I, that's it. I, we'd done the deal on the McLaren, so I went, okay, I need a daily because it, I can't, I'm not going to daily a McLaren. Boy, spending some money at this point. Oy, oy. <laughs> so I was walking around and I didn't know what I wanted for daily and I was in central London and they had a, an Abarth dealer uh, on the corner and I thought, oh, I'll just poke my head in there. <laughs> and as I went in, they had the Abarth record edition sitting in the window and I'd never, I didn't even know what I'm one. I was like, I saw this carbon fibre and this roll cage and I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. And I started to the salesman who had been sitting on the car for six months and couldn't sell it. And he just sees me and he's like, this is my guy. This is him. And I remember recording you going, oh, Tony, I've done something crazy. You know what? I wonder if I still have those store, th- those messages on my WhatsApp. They'll um, be on there somewhere. I mean, I, I'm going to, I was going to have a quick brief look, but how are you do you, have, me- how do you, you remember gonna- that phone call? I remember, yeah. I yeah. remember it vividly because you basically said you bought a car through the window. Yeah, that, which is exactly what happened. <laughs> I'm um, going to buy it, you said. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. Uh, it must have been on a previous, must have been on a previous phone. Yeah. Because my message go back to January 2017. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I bought it. Uh, loved it. Amazing car. G- great car, actually. Uh, used it a lot. That was my legit daily at the time. Uh, moved over to the 360. Dream come true. That car's still with me today. We went and found the Cayman, 718 Cayman S. Good car that was. Again, we were undecided on what that you know, daily would be. And you'd arranged a test drive at Porsche Guildford, Legends mm-hmm. at Porsche Guildford. Yeah. And as you drove around the corner in that car, and that's the one. Yeah, Do yeah. remember? We went out yeah, and, I was yeah. undecided, and that was like the first test drive. Yeah. Oh, we'd done TTR. Anyway, I was like, this is the We've one. We've done a few. We've done a few. And I was like, TTRS was yeah. one, yeah. That was genuinely, I decided it yeah. based on the test drives we did. Good car. Really enjoyed owning it, but completely soulless. Bit numb, yeah. Bit numb. Really enjoyed owning it, but but just a bit just too Just a numb. really good car. Just a really yeah, yeah, good yeah. car, but yeah, lacking in any sort of character. Did that amazing trip from Barcelona to London in it after yeah. the F1 testing. Drove through the snow and the wind. Yeah. Super cool. Um, saw that car as well. I saw that car. You've done, yeah. you've done well on selling the cars. Then what did I get? 911 Carrera T, Drive the World. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Is that it? No, there's been some other cars. What, what, what have I RS6? RS6. No, but what else have I had? I just, uh, 9-11, 40th anniversary. Disaster. Abarth 595 and Disaster. Um, a bit of the X3. Good car. Good car. Sold that one. Sold that one. <laughs> I feel like there's something else. What am I missing, guys? Oh, the Citroen, the C4 rally car. Loved that. That was hilarious. Really? That was a great bit of kit, yeah. No, I generally had a good fun in that. Uh, we had, the one that was, somebody reminded me of the other day, the Clio 182 car oh that, we, God, that we gave away. We went to Newcastle for that car. We went to Newcastle and we gave it away as part of a competition on here. Bought the car for like five grand and gave it away for free. We've now actually done quite editions. a lot, mate. Done over the years. We've done tons, mate. Yeah. You don't realise until you start talking back. Exactly. Anyway, we've been going for an hour now, so let's come back to uh, 
to you, Tony. Is there any more um, for you? Is there any more in there? I've probably forgotten something. Everyone's going to yell at me and go, oh my God, how can you forget you've owned this car? But I'm drawing a blank for now. Um, so we'll move on um, because I know how long it's going to take you to get through your next no, section. I'll try and be quick. Try and be quick. I'd love to know from when did it start to get juicy? You've told me before, and maybe you've told the audience before, but you're coming out of the vans. What was your first proper sports car? So I had a, I had a good few years where there was a gap that I just, when I started to become a motor dealer, I just drove stock. Sure. Crap. Whatever. I didn't, always, I didn't always sell nice cars. And it was probably 2010, maybe going into 11, that I bought for myself a E92 V8. Uh, hello. M3 convertible. Yeah, you like those, don't DCT. you? DCT. You like a convertible BMW. Yeah, and that was the bomb. That <laughs> yeah. uh, and I bought that personally. I drove it for about six months. Um, and then I sold it through the business, obviously. Another car that really, really sticks to mind, which you saw, that I bought around the similar time, which is an investment, was an Escort RS Cosworth. Yeah. The Mallard green one, which um, I actually took that car in part exchange. Um, but I always wanted one of them, and I used to clean one when I was a kid on my estate. One the man had one, and I always it was almost like the dream car. And actually, when I actually got one, I didn't really like it. <laughs> yeah, I never drove happens. it. Meet your heroes. Yeah, yeah, I'd done like three hundred miles in it in seven years. It just and I used to service it every year at Ford and it had proper and I made a load of money on it to be fair. Um but um yeah that that was one that was another one. And then uh th- there's a few in between ones that stand out. Um SLS. Oh yes. Like did I, you order that did you buy that new or you bought it? Oh, so that was like no that was a used car. And I was flapping at the time and, that, and actually this is a bit of a cheat this car because I I used some of the business money and some of my money to have it <laughs> at the time clever. because it was a lot of money it was like back then it was like 90 grand and the business was still quite young mm. and to take 90 grand away from the business so I, I used some of the business money and then topped it up with mine so that's a bit of a cheat car but I was flapping with that car <laughs> as much as I really wanted it because of the cool yeah, doors. Yeah, it's cool. At the time, it was so it's still cool to get. Yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, I couldn't nearly, I couldn't give that car away. Oh, yeah. As in, I, I just about managed to sell it. Um, and then um, time went on a bit. I had um, 997 Turbo. Um there is a 996 Carrera 4S in there, which was, Hello. Which, which was before, I forgot about it. that was before the M3. Um, that was a legit car because back then it was fairly new. It was still quite old, but it was six or seven years old. Um, and then what did I have after then? Where did the California come in? Oh my God. <laughs> flipping out. I forgot about that car. <laughs> so, so that, and at, that time, I'd stopped funding cars, financing cars. So okay. there was a big period. So I, I'd funded that first BMW that I told you about. And then I didn't... The next car I funded was the 570S. Oh, wow. Which we'll okay. go to. In a yeah. so it was a, I used to pay for them because I thought that was the right thing to do. And sure. obviously, it's not the right thing to do. But I always thought it was the right thing to do. So, uh, yeah, I bought the... Uh, 
I had a... Gen 1 California or Cali T? No, no, no. I had an F... Right, so let's go the Ferrari thing. So I had a, a, a 360... Spider. Spider. Yeah. F1. Yeah. In like a light blue. Yeah. I think it was Azura California. I was going to say, yeah, that would be the I think it colour, was. Yeah. That was a... That's another Dog. cheap car. That was half, half and half. I would advise against that car. That was <laughs> the worst thing ever. High mileage, proper. Yeah, yeah. Pop. When those 360 spiders are dogs, they're dogs. And then, like, the the first proper Ferrari I bought was an F430 Spider. Beautiful. F1. Yeah. Black car with crema. Low mileage, 5,000 miles. And that was about, mate... I was about your age. Okay. I was probably 30, 31, nice. I would say. And that was like my first real proper legit supercar at that point. And then, um, and I had V8 R8s, but they were the businesses basically. So, but th- that's the one that- That really was the worked. one that's a standout. And then, and then for some reason, <laughs> oh, I know what it was. I bought a house uh. and I owned that car. No finance. Okay. So I sold the car- and I I used the money for house. For a house. So then there was a bit of a gap and I got myself back going again and I bought the California. <laughs> V8. The first gen, V8 one. Not even the 30. <laughs> just like, honestly, mate, you put your foot down and it just didn't go anywhere. <laughs> it just made a noise. Yeah, a good noise though. But I drove to Switzerland in that car. Well done, good effort. With um, my daughter's mother Yeah. at the time. And um, yeah, we... We went on a bit of a road trip. We went to Switzerland. We literally just drove to Switzerland and yeah, back, spent yeah, the weekend yeah. in Switzerland and come back. Super nice. Like, weird. But I didn't yeah. lose a, I didn't lose a <laughs> not, penny. Not weird for me. I do it fairly regularly. But I didn't lose a penny on that yeah, car. Yeah. Not, not a penny. And then I up the game. Okay. You so went just, never, never again in just California. Before, yeah, because I realised that that is <laughs> no good, mate. That is a terrible car. Yeah. And then before before I met you, this was like starting to get in big league now. Again, wrote a check for it stupidly. I bought a 2012 458 Italia. Wow. In um, what's the what's the the orangey red? Ross Scuderia. Scuderia. Yeah. And it was I bought it from Colchester. Okay. And that was the first real proper, proper, proper supercar. It had lovely spec, it had carbon seats, it had a black roof. It done 1,500 miles from new. Wow. I think it was like three years old. Okay. Uh, and I made money on that car. Like I drove that car, I give like 174 or something. And, uh, oh mate, flipping hell, up the Aston. Which Aston? The V8. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So that's in there as well. Okay. That was just before them. Before the California or before the 458? Um, that was before the 458. Okay. That's a full-on... That's a disaster. I've so you had some bad stuff and went, I've got to sort this out. I want a proper car I'll buy now. the best supercar on the market. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've, I, had a, I had an M6 Grand Coupe oh, as well. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that's a real quirky Some stuff. real like, weird stuff. But then I, then I stepped out and thought, well, I'm going to have yeah, a proper car. I'm going to spend this money, I'm going to do it properly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the, I sold the 458 and um, bought the R8. Which is when we met. Which is when we met. I had the we, R8 V10 Plus, brand new. We met because I think Paul had told me the story that he met this guy who was down at Dub Customs who'd bought an R8 
and he was getting all the Le Mans stickers put on because Audi just released a Le Mans edition. Correct. Which essentially was a load of stickers. Yeah. And you were putting the stickers on so you could sell it, not as a Le Mans edition, but basically so it looked like a Le Mans edition and you would flip and get some money. And it worked. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, and, and it I was like, cool I want to meet this guy. Car. I was like, I want to meet this guy because he just sounds like an absolute genius. He's <laughs> gone, right, Audi released a special edition. I'll make a special edition. Off you go. And it looked cool as well. It's it a amazing, white car yeah. with black wheels and yeah, it had the red stripes or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well yeah. done, you. And there's still some photos on social media of that car in you know the photographers because yeah. at that point he used to kind of do trap laps yeah. obviously around, around London he still does by the way no yeah. <laughs> you won't see me in London maybe for a bit of dinner but that's yeah, it yeah sure 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 uh, <laughs> and then um, flipping hell what's from there and then well everything's been chosen I, I'm, I'm trying to protect you slightly because I know that sometimes you want to hide some of the stuff that you've had it's only recently. like the last year so most other stuff's been well documented. Obviously, we had the all-black GT3 RS, one of the first in the country at the time for the 991.2 generation, mm. and the GT3 that was before that. So you had yeah. the well-documented Porsche. the yellow GT4. You had a yellow GT4, I remember that well. Yeah. 570S, of course, we've spoken about. Yeah. Um, and a Yas Marina Blue M4 Comp. You uh, did. Was the 991.1 Turbo S Cab... You did. Was that yours or a, or a business car? So uh, yeah, that 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 was a company car. Company car, okay. and it was you boys that said sign right it and um, yeah, wrap get some it promo, and all that. Get some promo. Monica, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was at the same time I had the five seventy s. So that was a that was a bit after. Um, I also had a four five eight spider. Oh yes, oh and your four eight eights. You've had like fifteen four eight eights since I've known you. Fifteen. Yeah, just keep buying them. Yeah, they won't yeah. be the last. Spiders and coupes. There'll be more, I'm sure. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yeah, 458 Spiders, 458 Italias. Yeah. Um, 488s. Yeah, you're a man Italias. that changed his car a lot. But as we said right at the beginning, and we've, we've spoken about this so many times, I think it's not that unusual if you have the desire to try out different cars, own different cars, you should have find a way to do it. And I'm talking at every level. I know a, a great guy who helped me last year when I was staying at, um, up in Yorkshire. He's a young guy, not loads of money, and he's changing his car every two or three months yeah. like honestly it's it's and, and the same there's lots of people on instagram lots of, if you can and you want to why the hell not there's why no not? rule that yeah, you have yeah, to keep yeah. a car a certain amount of time and it means that you've had these amazing experiences you've forgotten half the things you've owned well it's purple manti in there's the 572 turbo s that was that was fairly recent yeah there's um, lots of stuff in there yeah, especially but you've had the experience of owning it. And just like I'm finding out with the RS6, the best way to work out whether you like something or want something is to go and buy it. Yeah. AMG GTRs, AMG GTR Pro, a couple of them. There's many, You're a maniac. Many Porsches. 
the Chiron. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Joking. I, I, or can, am I, I? I, can, I can tell you another one because I've since sold it. Uh, I had a forty-eight pista. Yes, you did. I've sold it. Yeah. Now, so I did have that. That was just, that was one of the secret. Speciale. Speciale. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. That car. And Thank I remember like bricking myself when I bought that car because I funded that car. Big money. And it was big money. Three hundred grand car. And I thought, flipping hell, this is like... And at the time, I had the Purple Manti, I had the AMG GTR, I had the GT3 RS. And I was just being a bit of a dick, to be honest, like... Got carried away, didn't I you? Got a you got bit caught up in the hype. A little bit carried yeah. away. And, I, and then uh, I read myself back and thought, actually, what? why am I doing this? Like, And that's why, literally, I don't post on social media about my personal cars, because why do I have to? Like, yeah, I, I, actually, we probably should clarify that slightly if we're doing an episode talking about cars. Because a lot of people, I think, sometimes go, oh, what, what's Tony's personal car? And lots of you will know or will have figured out. And if you come to BG, BTG Lives, you might see it, stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's not, you're not sitting there saying that it's like literally you don't want anyone to know in the no, world. No, no. It's more of the fact that you don't feel a need or a desire to post about it or to talk openly about it. It's personal. Because it's your personal car. It's yeah. separate from what you do here online. Don't forget, as much as we love what we're doing here, Tony's here fundamentally for this podcast, but to help promote his business, help raise awareness for his business, help grow in that area. Yeah. Um, and so what you do in your personal life isn't always stuff that you feel the need to share. Is no, that right? Yeah. I'm putting words into your mouth. No, there, you're bang on, mate. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't post everything I have. And and, and everything you do. And, it, and everything I do, yeah. I, you know, and, and that's my right. I, I don't, I don't yeah, want yeah. to. I'm you not run a different space. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. For me, it'd be a bit weird if I had secret cars. Maybe I do. Who knows? <laughs> um, anyway, well, we've definitely skipped through both of us some elements. But yeah. It's because we've had such an incredibly... Ve- we've been so fortunate and so lucky yeah. to have owned some incredible cars and so many cars, both of us. Absolutely ridiculous. And I think, well, I just, I'm so glad we got to this point because no matter what happens in the rest of our lives, to have had the experiences we've had and the cars that we've been able to own, absolutely unbelievable. For sure, yeah. And fingers crossed it may continue uh, into the future anyway. And, well... <laughs> I know. Well, I'm getting a 918 one day. Oh, well, here he is. No, I was no, about, because I really, really want one. I was getting one. Well, this year, guys, stay tuned because there's a <laughs> interesting cars coming to scene through glass, which is true. Just can't say much about it yet, but you just stole Hold my thunder. 918 you stole my thunder. <laughs> I think that would suit you so well. I just, I just need to, I just need to move once I get my new house. That, that's it. Would my suit list, you very well, but yeah. could you actually drive it? Yeah, I drive. Flat you out. have too many garage queens, mate. Are you joking? No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, give it a thumbs up if you're watching here on YouTube. And make sure you subscribe. Turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. If you want to follow Tony and not say anything about his personal cars, he's at Tony <laughs> Crawford Car Sales on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And we'll be back with you for another episode next week. Bye-bye. See y'all.